Welcome to the Sober Community Channel, where our goal is to open minds and soften hearts concerning one of the greatest healthcare crises facing our country, which is addiction to drugs and alcohol. Hey, welcome back to our show. It is Rocky, and I am accompanied today with the newest member of the team, Bree. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, she? Eh? No, she ain't here. Wow, she does. She's brought some new stuff to the show. So, you proposed this topic. I like the topic. What is the topic? Social media and recovery. Do you have a Facebook account? I do. Facebook qualifies as social media? I believe, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So here's the deal. Um, when we talk about social media recovery, I think one of the first obvious things that comes up is, how do you pronounce it? Anonymity? That's, it's, yes. An, Anonymity. Anonymity. Yes. Right. One of the least understood traditions and certainly the most mispronounced tradition in all of the 12-step fellowships. Yeah. That moment when the newcomer gets the traditions to read, and you're like, brace yourself. Where are some of the mispronunciations? Animosity. And, 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 and I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> I've heard that. There's, a, there's quite a bit. Yeah, and, and, right. It's really going to be hard to follow if we can't even pronounce it. But, so let's talk about it. What what are What's your understanding of it? Can I ask you that? That you don't want to be credited for it. True. If somebody posts, like, if somebody, you know, back in the olden days, you know, with, like, Confucius and all that, when they just be like, okay, this quote was written by Anonymous. Like, that person doesn't want their thoughts, opinions, whatever it may be, traced back to them, basically. Right, so to be anonymous, to not be, to not get the result for whatever the impact yeah, is of the statement yeah. or whatever the case may be. That's true. Absolutely accurate. I, I think... Is it, do you ever post? Like, I don't know if, if I can say this or ask you. I'm just going to do it anyway, right? If you On your page, is it clear that you're in recovery? No, I don't think so. Okay. There's nothing wrong, and by the way, there's no right answer if somebody is or doesn't want to disclose, right? We're just going to talk about what, kind of what the definitions are, what the purpose behind it, and I think there's no right answer on where a person lands, right? So it's all personal preference. Um I find tremendous value, and I, I know I did not know the traditions, right? I was a newcomer for 15 years, didn't work the steps, in and out, all that stuff. Um, never relapsed because I didn't work the steps, but but I certainly had no no understanding of anonymity, right? And then I found somebody that, you know, brought me through that, and I, it was different than what I thought initially. So it's funny because I, I initially had this misimpression that I can break my own anonymity. Right? Like people put out there, you broke your anonymity. It's not even possible to do that. We can reveal our own anonymity, but we can break somebody else's. Does that concept make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are not comfortable and probably for good reason with revealing their own anonymity. I just think there's a big distinction there. Um, but what I also found out after going through a little bit of research and having somebody break it all down for me was that there's several really key reasons why, why anonymity is so important. And they were not really what I would have anticipated. Like one is when you're looking at the 1930s, most of the members of the initial group of the 12-step movement, like were professional individuals. They were, you know, 50-year-old doctor, lawyer, whatever the case may be. And so the idea there is, if they were drinking and they found 
that or they believed that if they came into the under society or subculture of recovery or AA or whatever, that they would be outed in their professional careers and probably lose their professional careers. Yeah, and that would have a negative backlash on them. They could lose their family, their house, their, house, their, their, job, their, their horse and buggy. Did they have horses and buggies? Right? No, they had cars. Right, they could lose their car, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I'm drinking and I'm like, oh, I need help, but I want to go over there and I think, you know, well, they know who I am and then all of a sudden I'll lose my, this was Dr. Bob's issue. He thought he would lose his practice. practice. Yeah, Dr. Bob was a, they can't see you staring at me without blinking. Psych doctor? Proctologist, correct. He was a drunk-ass doctor. Yeah. The joke in town in, in, in Ohio was if you go to him on the wrong day, you're betting your ass. Uh-oh. Right. So we actually got the 12 steps from a broke stockbroker and a drunk-ass doctor. Thank you, guys. Interesting. But, yeah, his big thing was he didn't want to be outed. So he didn't, he didn't, you know, he was afraid to make amends. That was the thing that hung him up. A's birthday is the day he actually made amends. He never drank again. He let go of all that stuff. So relevance there. But so then the other one is that, you know, here's an interesting concept. We don't want to inspire internal competition. I sponsor X amount of people. They sponsor this amount of people. Now we're in the community having successes. And within our own internal organization, if it's known that we're in recovery, it could, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes alcoholics like to be right. Sometimes they like to be better than, stuff like that. And now if we're competing with each other, we've lost the initial, like, primary purpose whole factor. And then, the right. And then, and then here's the other thing. Anonymity. The big one is, let's say a person is drinking in their home, and a celebrity. We see this a lot. A celebrity comes out, and they say they are a member of X Fellowship, whatever it is. And then, a year later, they're seen by you know paparazzi drinking or you know on a binge or a run. That person who's then watching has never made it to the rooms. What do they tell themselves? If they can't do it, I can't. It doesn't work, right? Yeah, he was clearly a member of that. But yeah, he has everything that he could ever want. You know, they have this amount of money. They're worth this. They have this beautiful house. And I'm over here, you know, in this podunk town. What, like, if it can't work for somebody who the only thing that's going wrong in their life is that maybe, you know, they're drinking and partying too much, then how can I do it? Yeah, how would it work for me? Right, exactly. So that that's another thing. When we attach our name to it. So, so let's get more specific in this conversation about anonymity specifically. So when a person says, I'm in recovery on social media, violation of the 12 tradition or no? No, if, because it's their own anonymity. That's one point, right? But the other one is, it's not a violation of a tradition if they say, I'm in recovery. Well, yeah, because they're not violating the fellowship. It's <coughs> right. recovery. It's not putting their name on one specific fellowship. Exactly. You can recovery from anything. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. Right, and here's the thing. If that person in recovery then does go back out, which happens, and now we see them go back out, like I was pretty well known and did a lot of speaking and blah, 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 and I went back out, but on my page I wasn't saying I'm a member of this particular group or this particular fellowship. So that couldn't really be attached to me. And, of course, in a person's mind they can attach it to whoever they want, right? But the reality was I wasn't, I didn't put myself in a position to be a spokesperson for any particular 12-step fellowship. So... It protects them in those three different ways. One is we don't inspire internal competition. Two is we don't we don't let a person think that they're not safe when they come here. That we're going to disclose the facts of their life to their general community. You hear here, what you see here. We tell everybody here, in the parking lot and go here. right. That's the other right. 
That would be awesome. Right. So, and then we don't attach ourselves to that fellowship, right? Then if we happen to fall, other people are less inclined to say that fellowship doesn't work. And so there's a big distinction between I am in recovery, we're talking about recovery and saying I'm a member of AA, I'm a member of NA, in, yeah, on social media. There's so many A's. I wonder about that. Right, so does that sound accurate? Back to anonymity. Anonymity. So you're basically asking me to do is talk about Egypt. Yes. Well, before we do that, Let's go back to the fourth tradition talks about recovery, and it talks about recovery's different platforms. The fourth tradition of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Fourth tradition? Fourth, yeah, Derek, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. So let me pull it up real quick. Here's what they say. They're talking about, I mean, remember, this is, I think this is like 1980s. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty 1980s. And they say, while literature has preserved the integrity of the AA message, sweeping changes in society and as a whole are reflected in new customs and practices within the fellowship. Taking advantage of technological advances, for example, AA members with computers can participate in meetings online, sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country and around the world. In any meeting anywhere, AAs share experience, strength, and hope with each other in order to stay sober and help other alcoholics. Check out this last line. Modem to modem or face to face, A speak the language of the heart in all of its power and simplicity. A modem is that little box thing mm-hmm. that most millenniums have never really seen, right? That connects to the internet to make your Wi-Fi go out. So let's just jump forward because in the 80s, they didn't have smartphones. True? Yes. So a phone would have some kind of flux capacitor or something, mm-hmm. right? That would be do the same function as a modem. Yeah, that reaches out. It can connect to Wi-Fi, get you online, get you all that stuff. When they say in the 1980s that we share experience, strength, and hope, we can do that online, modem to modem, wouldn't that jump and apply now to smartphones? Necessarily, yeah. They 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 have all the capabilities of basically a computer. Right, and we work with sponsees. We help people through our phones, texts. Now we talk about Facebook, right? Like Gatehouse has a like a closed alumni group that they'll do ten step inventory stuff on, they'll stay bonded with and fellowship. They're not we're not the only company that does that. Other companies do that stuff, but they're using that same medium and platform of social media for, for change, for positive things. My past experience with until last year with social media was I, I wanna put out the highlights of my life in moments that look Amazing, but are not yeah, really consistent that kind of with my life. life. Is spectacular that everything's peachy keen. Right, and I want to stalk my exes and make sure they're miserable because that somehow is makes me feel better. You're looking at me like I'm the only person that's ever done that. You're not. It's fine. That's uh, what we're talking about. It's it's actually exactly what we're talking about because we're talking about how people use social media. Stalking exes and making my life look better than it is is probably what most people actually do. Just throwing that out. There's not a lot of what's your meditative practice going on in the DMs. Just my guess. <laughs> no. Get correct, right? So if we're going to talk about what potential does exist. We should probably accurately assess what really is there. And this might be controversial or not. I find a lot of people to be very fake on Facebook. Fake is fudge. Your eyebrows move fantastically. So anyway, that being said, they're pretty fake. Am I off on that? No, it's just that they're only... If you only put out the good, 
in your life, it's like telling a half truth. Right, and then I see calls for help, right, which is a good thing, right? People saying, you know, wherever the case may be, and then, you know, but but how much is that a call for help versus a call for attention, right? And these are all things I'm, I'm guilty of them myself, right? So there's no judgment in this conversation. It's just an assessment of what actually is. You know, so what they're implying, if you take that fourth edition forward concept and, and apply that to recovery and social media, there's an implication there that we could literally use Facebook or whatever social media platforms for our own spiritual growth. Yeah. You think that's common? Not all the time. There are definitely people doing it. It's not the mainstream anymore. Not right now yet. Yeah, it's not what most people are going to go onto their Facebook and be like, oh, like, you know, this spiritually grounded guru. Like, yeah, you might follow it, the page, you might look at it a couple times. Maybe you'll even get, you know, a little crazy one day and message them. But it's not typically what it's used for. It's typically used for, like what you said, my life is going so great. Or then the flip side of that, when things aren't going so great, people post about it, then it turns into a, you know, the boy who cried wolf because, you know, oh, this happened, whatever. But it's not necessarily a cry for attention. It's not a cry for help all the time. Sometimes it's just what it is. Right. And people use that to express themselves, but it's not always in the healthiest of ways. You know, I know when I've said something like that's a higher spiritual truth on my Facebook page. Literally the highest truth that I found for me, right? And I've done a lot of spiritual practices and learning as a student. The highest ones I was like, wow, this is profound at where I am in my point of that and put it out. Zero likes. Like not even one. And then I put like, a date night event with me and my girlfriend out, which is, they're fun, right? Stuff like that. 500 people watch that. And then I go to like a, yeah, I, I go to, I'll have 500 views on something like that. And then I will go to like a place that I personally go to that's not 12 step, but for my spiritual growth. And I'll put a video of one of the teachers that I'm following, 40 views. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the reality of it. Could we, in theory, use our, not just Facebook, but our phones as a tool for our own personal growth? Absolutely. Do you have any ideas whatever, on what that looks like? Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out. That's a hundred percent true. That's what I was actually going to talk about the the neutrality of it. Like I don't like I know that a lot of people are like Facebookers, the devil, or whatever the case may be, right? And like I don't mess with it. And then I know other people that say Facebook is amazing. It keeps me connected in ways that I wouldn't be. Is it the same as sitting down and have coffee with a person, going out with a friend face to face? Definitely not. But like I have so many friends, and there's different I think levels to friendship. There are people that I love and adore, but they are busy in their lives, and I may joke with them because I can forward them something I find funny. Because you can forward 200 things in an inbox, right? And 70 of those people have real deep, meaningful relationships. I just don't see them consistently, and then it inspires a conversation that can then lead to how's your family, how the kids, stuff like that, and and then the other. 130 that don't even respond, I'm not bothering them. They get to it whenever, or if they find it annoying and they don't respond at all. But the, the the ones of my friends that are in play but not daily in play, just even something simple like that keeps me further connected to the people that I actually find value in. So I use it for something like that all the time. Did that this morning. Um, so let's talk about the neutrality of it. Okay. You give a newcomer a car. Here's a concept on neutrality. Good or bad thing? That's exactly right, right? So one newcomer takes that car, rents it out for drugs, crashes the car, 
whose parents have just lost more savings. The other newcomer goes to work every day, uses it to help out other people in their halfway house to get to meetings, goes and uses it, you know, to meet with their sponsor. Yeah, they use it to pick up other newcomers, to go meet their sponsor, to go work. The same thing, both are a car. I can't really define this good or bad. It's neutral until we see what we do with it. Mm -hmm. So then this can open up the conversation to what do I really use technology for? Do I use it for my benefit or use it for something that's unifying or do I use it for something that's divisive? Right? I think in any one of us at any time of the day can switch from one to the other. Oh, absolutely. I definitely have that myself, right? So, so very interesting concept. Were you about to ask me about Egypt? No. Why don't you ask me about Egypt? Tell me about Egypt, Rafi. I'm so glad you asked, right? So here's the thing about Egypt. In 2012, they had a revolution. Mm-hmm. There was an injustice. A guy, I think he was like an engineer or a computer thing or something like that, his, one of his closest friends was murdered viciously and violently just the scene was gory he found his friend dead didn't know exactly how to respond obviously he was broken as a human being and and, and suffered much loss and what he decided to do was make a facebook page a fan page about the death and the tragedy that happened to his story i think he even like took the picture of his friend all mutilated and he posted it and eventually got pulled down but it went viral before it got pulled out and it just literally went from they call it like zenga zenga from the streets alley to alley so it went through just facebook national in that country and it resulted within i think several months if i'm not mistaken the removal of the president of that country and a new regime starting the neutrality is that it also could have just been a page and it could have been used negative ways as we do i think we see that a lot but here was a person who found an injustice in this world and we're not talking about injustice we're talking about recovery and personal growth right but he found an issue and he used social media as a platform and its example literally changed an entire country so if somebody can do that with social media right the the on the other side of that there's something neutral in front of us but if we've now seen it's the flavor of what you put into it that actually can be impactful for you and for others we have a pretty great example in somebody changing a country, you know, to a more democratic process and more justice. Through Facebook. Through course. Facebook, which you would never think that was even possible. I remember when my mom shared that story with me, I, I was blown away when I read about it. And so then I, you know, what are some other different things that we can kind of do to use Facebook more effectively, right? Like I've seen, uh, and I have quite a few groups, go find whatever it is that you want. Like there's a lot of closed groups where they, they keep anonymity or they're not even 12-step based at all whatsoever, and that entire group is just a running thread or a conversation. I'm in some of those. I have some other ones that are um, literally just people that joke, that have different levels of humor, some humor that other people would not find funny at all and would just get you kicked off of Facebook and jailed, and the whole close group is just people having fun with that whole concept. Right? Do you have any things you do? What do you use Facebook for specifically? too much specifically like my personal Facebook like I use it basically like keep in touch with people Um, basically just social networking kind of stuff keep in touch with people you know if I meet somebody you know at a meeting for work you know whatever family that I don't really see a lot you ever met a boy on Facebook no actually never Mm -mm. what does your DM look like Dogs, like actual <laughs> dogs. I know people that have cats with Facebook pages. No, 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 no. like just cute dog videos. Like that's basically what a majority of my Facebook is. Use it for entertainment. Yeah. 
Yeah. For like clean, fun entertainment, keep in touch with friends yeah, and family. Am I part of, you know, I'm part of a alumni page. I have, you know, a lot of people in recovery and I am part of recovery pages. Right. Do I necessarily post in them all the time? No, but is that something, do I see positive things from those on my Facebook feed? Absolutely. Do I also see people posting that they need help? All the time. Yeah. I see a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things on Facebook. I see people helping others. I see people reaching out. I see them using it as networking. There's a South Florida, like, jobs and just recovery page that I've mm-hmm. taken a notice of that's always posting stuff to help people with employment who are in recovery, stuff like that. Yeah. If you use it for the right reasons, it absolutely can be, but that's also a personal decision. But Facebook has so many privacy settings now. Right. That you can be a part of so many things, but you don't have to let it be known to everybody because that's your personal choice. Right. Let's talk about some Facebook blunders I've made. I'm glad you asked. So, like, I have a friend, and she is a med student about to be a doctor, and it's just probably it's her choice to not disclose that she's in recovery in her in her professional circle. Very competitive environment. A lot of people would possibly try to use that to to you know be better than her or higher in the class and I've put stuff on her page and gotten a call like immediately like do not ever do that kind of stuff again so that's another tip that I didn't I learned this year kind of like be sensitive to where other people are even though because they're your friend doesn't mean that you can put a joke on their page or a thread that some people are okay with that other people are not okay with that at all I think one of the biggest lessons I learned this year on Facebook is that and this might be too out of the park is that people usually are only talking to themselves mm-hmm. on Facebook. Like when I'm getting in an argument over whether it's whatever, choice versus disease or this person or that or you know people doing shitty stuff in the industry or whatever the case may be, really I'm only portraying my own point of view to myself mm-hmm. and then other people validate it and I bond with them and other people don't and I take their inventory and cast them down to the pits of social media hell <laughs> and, and pray for their death because there's be less traffic. That's an extreme example. I don't actually do that. Yes. Right. But. Love and tolerance. Is that a code? No. Ridiculous. So, that being said, (laughs) have you ever lost your, on Facebook? Have I ever lost my cool on Facebook? I just left a blank spot. I'm I'm glad you filled in with cool. But yes. When I was younger? Of course. Very opinionated, very pig-headed. I didn't care what you thought because... My opinion obviously trumps yours because I know everything ever. But um, not so much anymore. I've learned that opinions are like um, body parts that everybody has. Like jazz hands. Exactly. Jazz hands are a spirit fingers. They're both a hand movement, but you know one of them is right and one of them is not, depending on what you're doing. I'm learning a lot working here. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting when a 23-year-old says, when I was younger, I learned this lesson, and you did the opposite of that lesson yesterday, and you're 42. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get into debates sometimes. Halfway through the debate, I realize I'm not going to change this other person. It's I'm like, really arguing my own point of view that I already believe in. Don't find a ton of value in it. So social media then becomes a place where, because I do have a program of action, where I inventory, because I don't really argue with people face-to-face very Rarely ever. It just doesn't make sense to do. But on social media, all of a sudden, I'm a keyboard tough guy and can cut loose on my thoughts and take their inventory like, you're a bad, you're a piece of whatever that. But more like, 
arguing the point is if I'm going to argue somebody into a different experience that they have. And then I go home, and here's where social media recovery really comes into play. And I get to see how I treat the world, how I perceive the world, through the process of evening inventory or some kind of reflective conversation with a sponsor or a friend. And then go, yeah, it's not who I want to be. It's not who I want to be. So even the, the darker side, if you're going to call it that, of social media, if we really have a program and we're really in recovery... You can use that to reflect on what you need to improve on. I'd rather make mistakes that. on... Facebook falling short, taking somebody's inventory, being judgmental, than to one of my friends that I actually in my life. Because of the thousands of people on Facebook that I know, I'm using air quotes. I really only have a personal relationship with a couple hundred. Yeah. So social media recovery can even my shortcomings can can be exposed through there, and can actually be put into my daily program of action. Because the kinder I can be on social media, the kinder you can be in life. Right. It's a lot easier to be mean and nasty to somebody behind a screen. It's a lot harder to look at somebody in the eye and see that they're just as impassioned about something as you are, but they just don't see it the same way. Yeah, one tip that I was given in my own personal recovery by my sponsor now that I find really relevant to my social media play, if you call it, is that THINK acronym. Ever heard of it? I have, but I don't remember what it stands for. Before I speak, right, the next thing I say, when this would be text, right, or wherever it is, or shoot on through my phone, think before I speak. T-H-I-N-K. Is the next thing I'm about to say true? First question. Second question. Is it honest? Is it inspiring? Is it kind? And is it necessary? Did I just spell think backwards? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's necessary and then kind? Is it necessary and is it kind? Because there are things I say that are true, but they're not kind. And there are they're things. Not necessary. Not most of the stuff I say is not necessary. That's <laughs> right. So I've kind of bypassed that one a lot, right? But but the other stuff is I, I can also I can also say something that is true but but not honest. Have you ever talked about the difference between those two? That's another subject for another day. You sure? Okay. Well, as I look at my interaction on Facebook, I look at those things. A lot of times what I say is neither of the four or not one or whatever the case may be. And because I really do try to use this program to take a look at my daily actions, that's kind of where I find myself fall short of time is on social media. Hmm. Well, what do you think of that acronym? I think that the programs and fellowships have a lot of good acronyms. You know what's interesting? My sponsor is a teacher for children. He teaches that to the children. Because it's not necessarily, if you take the drugs and the alcohol out of the equation, we're the problem. You have to learn a new way to live. Right. Yeah. That's 100%. I think a lot of those new ways to live were not even that new. We were taught them as children. Yeah, we were just conditioned to use drugs and alcohol over everything instead of conditioned to get up every day, go to work, pay our bills, you know, respect people, don't steal. Because we were conditioned to... On the surface level, the drugs and alcohol? Lesser level of operation. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. That's the, we were conditioned to use drugs and alcohol as a result of bad relations with ourselves, others, and whatever this universe you call God. As a result of that, these bad coping skills come in, and then it's like we go into recovery, and they ask us to move backwards, unlearn what we just learned, and then really follow kindergartner rules. Mm-hmm. Treat others how you want to be treated. Yeah, golden rules. So, so how do we turn this into a, what questions, or what are we looking for from other people what, what, what would you like to see Facebook use for? That, that's a great in, topic. In recovery. Yeah. 
in recovery, out of recovery. More so focus on the in recovery as if you're not, you know, if you're not open about being in recovery, whether it be social media, workplace, whatever, what would you like, like what's your standpoint on it? Do you feel like if you are part of these things on social media, like will it, back to the stigma, will it have a negative effect? How could we, either here at Gatehouse or me also personally, or anybody else, you know, you can put it, or you guys collectively who are listeners, actually take action on this conversation and what things and what avenues and what vehicles would you want to see through any kind of social media platform to better your lives? I've had, uh, I started a group once in a fellowship and we had our own page and then we would put the the whole talks about the literature on there and then there was a, you know, I have, I have an alumni group from a forward company on where they're all working together but we always can do more and always can do better. So if... You can always put out that hand. You can always help another person. Right. So if you guys are listening, right, if there's something you see or ideas you have, do us a favor. Go right to the page, comment, make suggestions, open a dialogue on that and let's see how we can actually use social media for something other than making my... Sure, my exes are miserable. Yeah. It's always good. And cute dogs. And cute dogs. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you soon.